Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we will study God's Word. Good morning, everybody. Great to see you. I'd like to introduce you to my friend if you do not already know him. This is Brian Ulrich. You put... If you're in men's ministry, you definitely know Brian Ulrich. He is, uh, he is an active participant over there as well as many other ways here at PCC. Got to know a little bit of history about Brian, and uh, if you don't know this, he has been coming to PCC for 22 years. So I love that long legacy of being here. First came here with your family and with your brother's family, um, and got, got connected here. And I love even, too, just, you know, there's so many projects that Brian is a part of around here. He's in construction, so there's uh, a lot of things that we go to him for um, for pointers, for advice, for, you know, how, how do we do this, Brian? And he comes through with solutions, which is so good. So I've got a few questions for you today as we talk about joy, um, just as the Johnsons had introduced, today is about joy. But mixed in with joy, oftentimes, is this story of our lives that has some, has some ups and downs. So I wanted to ask you, Brian, what, in what ways did you experience, um, kind of in the downs, where did you experience God in the... Um, and things not going according to your plans. Well, my first one is a failed marriage. Mm. That's, uh, <clears throat> that's one that I struggled with for quite some time. Yeah. And had a lot of downtime in that and learned a lot. Yeah. You mentioned that season lasting a duration of time. And even your engagement with God during that time. What was that like? It was a time to reflect to slow down, to realize what was important, yeah. and to gather family and friends around me close. Yeah, yeah. You had mentioned that you, you sought the Lord at that time. You, you, you Just in, in preparing for this, even talking about praying for three years just that, that there would be change, and yet going through a long season of challenge. Um, but amidst that, you also had mentioned, too, feeling like God was present with you. So tell me a little more about that. How did you see God redeem that space of, here is a plan that didn't go according to how I wanted it to go, even pleading with the Lord on how I wanted it to go? And then how did you see God take that and reshape it? Um, he did that in a couple ways. A lot of it that was with my friends that brought me in close to help me in the times that I did. It was my kids also. Mm -hmm. um, they brought me near and God brought me into joy and it was a joy of disconcernment that I had and pain that I was feeling but in the joy was love and the ability to help others and feel something that I've never felt before mm -hmm. in, a, in the deepest sense. Mm -hmm. You had even mentioned um, in that that as much as there was a season for you of pain in your story, that there was also uh, on this side of that rest, that struggle that you went through um, some years ago, that there was... Um, a part of it now where you could look back and you could say, I wouldn't 
just from all the, the fruit that came out of that season, you wouldn't change it. But just to see the, the, what God had done through that, how God had, had shifted things, even though you couldn't see it then, you could see it now. Absolutely, could not see it then for the most part, other than the calmness that he gave me. But mm-hmm. going through that and seeing my family and my kids especially um, was, was just awesome. And it was a neat thing that uh, it was tough, but I would, I would actually do it again. Yeah. It brought you to cling to God. It brought your kids closer. Yes, very close to God and wow. close to my kids. And my kids now have just bounced back and they're doing awesome and their faith is deeper than it ever was. Yeah, amazing. Okay, so now you are years removed from that story and you're a newlywed. How long, yes, is, how long is that? Six months. Six months. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. That is also the other joy at the other side. Wow. Wonderful. Well, one of the things even, too, in this idea of, like, thinking of a person who brings joy, for those of you that know Brian, he is always smiling when I see him. I don't know how this is for you, right? Except right. for maybe right now. No. Huh? Yeah, except, except right now. Except right now. Yeah, it's a, it could be a little <laughs> wild up here. Um, but yeah, he's always smiling when I see him. I think enjoy. I'm like, Brian Ulrich, that guy is like open arms anytime I see him. You're always willing to pull me in for a hug. You always have a smile on your face. And it could be in the midst of trial, and it could be in the midst of all things coming together like you hoped they would. Um, and yet you've had this constant joy about you, and I'm so glad you were able to share with us today. So... Happy to share that. Hope I can help somebody else. Yeah, I appreciate your vulnerability in that. So thank you so much. All right. All right, all right. Thank you, Brian. I want to give it up for Lisa today, too. It takes a lot of courage to be up here. Uh, you, you, those, of you, those of you that come up front and you bring forth what you've brought, you share your gifts and talents for the Lord in any way you can, and, you, and sometimes it goes awesome, and sometimes you roll with it because it's like, okay, this is how we're going today. Uh, but it's so good. I, I so appreciate you. So I'm going to dive us right into the scripture, and then we're going to get into it. If you would turn your Bibles to Luke one twenty two. Verses 26 through 34. It says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled by his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. 
How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? God, we thank you uh, for this um, account. We, we appreciate so much the account of Mary, and just to be able to talk about it today, I, th- I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to open up this scripture to us. I pray, Lord, just for your spirit in this space. I thank you for um, the opportunity to share, and I pray, Lord, that you would open our hearts to what you are speaking. In your name, amen. Okay, so I want you to imagine for a moment that, uh, for the women in the room, that you're engaged, and you have this news to share with your partner that you are pregnant, immaculately. You You have this thing to tell him that has never, ever happened before. It will never, ever happen again. But you have an opportunity to share with your fiancé, this person you've pledged to marry, the wonderful news. How challenging would that be? I want to paint a picture a little bit today of what this conversation might have been like. Could Mary have thought, man, maybe it could have been easier, God, if you did this before I was pledged to get married? Even then it would be challenging, but now there's just this other layer. How complicated is this story, this angelic visit where the Lord says, or the angel says, speaking for the Lord, greetings, you who are highly favored, you have just won an unplanned pregnancy. (laughs) A little tough. I think about it as a, when I was a kid, I remember, uh, you know, staying at my grandma's house after school and there'd be game shows on. And I remember these game shows, kind of like Let's Make a Deal or The Price is Right. And the contestant would, would win something, and there'd be like balloons that would fly out, and there'd be this like, you know, they'd be clapping and wooing and, and all pumped up and fired up. They're like, I won. And they'd be like, all right, now if you just take a look at, let's see, what we've won behind door number three. Like, well, door number three, what is it? What do I get? Like, greetings, you who are highly favored. You're the winner. What are you, what are you, what are you going to win? Well, you won the unplanned pregnancy. You planned, uh, you win a trip to Bethlehem, which is 100 miles, which you're kind of doing some combination of being on foot and riding on a donkey. Not exactly extravagant, right? So I mapped it. In 100 miles from here, would get you to Vacaville. Can you imagine? I mean, I, I walk downtown and I'm like, oh, my dogs are barking, like I'm tired. <laughs> imagine doing it in sandals while being in your third trimester. How, how wonderful this big win is. No wonder Mary says, um, well, no, no wonder she's, it says that she was troubled by the announcement. No wonder the angel says, don't be afraid. So here Mary goes on this 100-mile trek. And if you've been to Bethlehem, if you've been to Israel before, you'd have a lot of flat land, probably about the first three quarters of the trip. And then the next, that last final run of the trip is like this. You get to go 100 miles. You get to go uphill. You get to go on this wild, wild journey. Now, throw in this complication of there is a whole birth involved. And as much as oftentimes, and I'm about to, I'm about to like, you're probably going to go home and put your manger scenes away. (laughs) 
there is this birth involved. And as far as I have seen birth, as portrayed in the movies or portrayed or whatever else, it's like as much as there is this witness of birth, there are things involved with birth that are not like, ah. There are veins in the forehead that pop out, and there is major pressure and pain and sweat and maybe blood, sweat, and tears is a good way to say it. A difficulty, a challenge. Now, on this ascent to magnificent Bethlehem, it's like, man, is Mary just going up the hill? It's like taking breaks. Like, I'm having a contraction. Like, give me a few minutes. Okay, good. Let's go. Like, trekking up, going, like, I hope I make it. I don't want to have this baby on the side of the road. Only to get to the inn, and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, it's the census. Everybody's packing the place. Everybody's moving back to town to get this whole census thing going on. And we don't have any place for you to stay. And she's like, Joseph, my water broke. Like, I've got this baby, and it's coming. Could we just duck into wherever? Because I don't, so I'm not having this thing on the side of the road. Could we, could we throw some hay down? No nurses, no mom to pat your forehead, no ice chips, no, no exercises, no, no anything. And guess what? You get to have a carpenter deliver your baby. So good. Mary throws down in the hay, throws her stuff up. She's like, here comes the baby. And Joseph's like, whoa, like, ah. virgin Joseph, mind you, is going to deliver this baby. The story is less than ideal. The story of like, oh, this is, I had this kind of idea of what it would be like to marry my husband. I had this idea of what it would be like to deliver my first child. And it had a lot more of that, oh, to it. And now this journey that I'm taking, Mary, don't be afraid. Mary was troubled. This is the story. This is how it's going to go down. Now, I looked up this statistic as well. I don't know if you know this. How many husbands actually pass out during the delivery? (laughs) It's 5%. 5% of guys, they can't make it. They pass out. 1% of women pass out in delivery. 5% of men pass out in delivery. (laughs) I'm here for you, babe. I'm out. (laughs) We got this. Breathe. Gone. Greetings, you who are highly favored. You just want a brand new story. Now, I've never imagined Mary's response to this to be like the game show contestant, to be like, woo, won it. What am I going to get? This is so good. Verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled by the encounter. Her plans for the future have been radically modified. So the angel responds by saying, don't be afraid. Because really, this is our first response. When God comes and tells you, like, your story's going to look different. I'm going to change it up. This idea of what you had in mind for your story and this idea what I have in mind for your story, they can often look radically different. The angel begins to tell her, don't be afraid, and then tells her what her future is going to look like. And this is what's so astonishing to me. After hearing all that the angel tells her, Mary responds by saying in verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Now, to understand this conversation, you have to know that Mary's conversation was incredibly brave. Her response was incredibly brave. 
God has just invited you into a story that's going to have a ton of challenge into it. And it even potentially could mean your death. Death by stoning for those who would get pregnant before being married. Hey, this story has all of this risk, and yet, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. So Mary puts her trust in the wild and uncertain plan. How many times and in how many circumstances, thinking about our own lives, have we prayed that God would intervene in a story? And a lot of that comes down to this idea that I have this vision of what it could look like, and my reality looks like this. And in between that space, we try to go, Lord, if we could only bring reality over, if we could only have it, be, have it look like what I'm thinking it should look like, then it'd be good. Then things would be okay. So, Lord, we ask, could you bring, could you bring your story to line up with what I think it should look like? We plead with the Lord for a miracle. We look maybe even in our political climate, whether our nation or our state, we think, God, if only you'd put a Christian leader in place, and then that Christian leader would have ideals like mine, and then this gap would close. I wouldn't feel this tension anymore of having it feel like this is what I hope for and this is what I have. That distance between the way it creates a tension that we try to resolve. We say, God, would you come over this way? Could you resolve that tension? That, that tension? Could you interrupt it? We have an image of, in, of, our, of it in our mind of how it could look, maybe even how it should look. God, won't you please make it look like I imagine? On a personal level, we infuse our own images for story change into our own prayers. Say, Lord, surely this isn't going according to plan. Have you paid attention to what's going on in my life? Can't you change this? I had a picture in my mind. This doesn't look like my plans. I had dreams, and this is not what I had in mind. There's a dissonance created when we sit in that tension between our hopes and our reality. I want to repeat that. There's a dissonance created when we sit in the tension between our hope and reality. It's like when I sat on the piano a couple weeks ago and I played piano in here. I hit a lot of wrong notes and I could hear the dissonance. (laughs) Things are out of skew. Things are off. You could hear them. You could feel that. Ask anyone who has a difficult marriage. Ask anyone whose kids are making mistakes. Ask anyone whose child is sick. It's in this tension that we try to resolve this dissonant space where God invites us into joy. Some of you might be thinking right now, okay, that's space for me. When these things are so far apart, I don't feel joy in that. When these things line up, I feel a lot more joy in that. I feel like I can rest in that. But when they're far apart, I don't know. Joy seems like a stretch. So we're in the middle of our Advent series called Gifts from Above. Two weeks ago, Brian started off this Advent series talking about hope, that hope is in our firm foundation. Last week, he talked about how peace is found in God's presence. And today is about joy and how our joy is found not in our own perspective, but in God's perspective. 
So I want to explain a little bit here. Joy isn't dependent on whether or not these two things line up. It isn't dependent on whether God and my plans have jived, have chimed, have have found harmony in one another. When my dreams are coming true, joy is easy. But Jen Ludwig says this. She says, happiness is based on what's happening. Joy can be present regardless of our circumstances. You hear that? In other words, happiness is when the places of tension in my life are resolved so that my plans and my reality are lined up. Happiness is when the places of tension in my life are resolved so that my plans and my reality come into alignment. Happiness can be when God does whatever I want him to do to line his story up with mine. But joy is different. Kay Warren uh, defines it this way. You may know Kay Warren's name. She was the co-pastor at Saddleback with Rick Warren for quite a while. She says, The settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right, and the determined choice to praise God in every situation. So this means that we can have joy when our reality looks greatly different than our plans. That even through seasons of grief, I can grieve and have joy at the same time. They're not dependent, but they can work independently from one another. This is astonishing. This is what makes joy so astonishing. That other people could witness joy in you because you have an adverse situation and joy at the same time. That doesn't make sense. Greetings, you who are highly favored. Greetings, Brian Ulrich. Your story is about to unfold differently than you wanted. Don't be afraid. Greetings to my neighbor Tom, who just retired, and just a couple months later, his wife Julie passed away. Greetings, Tom. Your retired life is about to look a lot different than you planned. Greetings, Dubois family. Don't be afraid. Greetings, PCC. God is unfolding your story, and it might not look like you had in mind. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Our joy isn't found in what we can see. Our joy is found in God's perspective. Mary answers, I am the Lord's servant. May your words to me be fulfilled. God, I can't see how you work out this distance, all of this feels crazy to me, and yet Mary puts her trust in three things. She puts her trust in God's character, saying, God, I know who you are. She puts her trust in God's promises. I know that you have my best in mind. I'm going to count on it. And she puts her trust in God's perspective. God, I know that you can see infinitely more than I can. I'm going to hold on to trust, even when it looks like that. So God calls her, and she responds, I'm your servant. My life is yours to steer and guide. My story is yours to write. Now, after this adventure, all the way to Bethlehem, exhausted, sore feet, she doesn't see any of it. She now stares in astonishment as she holds to her chest the Savior of 
the world. The call was terrifying, but look what God did. The journey was hard, but look where he's brought me. To the point where you could say, I wouldn't trade that story. I wonder if we could have interviewed Mary kind of end of, you know, if I wrote the biography, if I was able to interview her at the end of her her long, long journey, this life that she lived and as the mother of Jesus. And I would say, which story would you rather have? Would you have rather had the one you planned? Or would you rather have the one he gave you? It seems pretty no-brainer question, right? Which one would you answer? I bet you would say, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I put my life in trust to the to God, and he used my life in a way I could have never imagined. I wouldn't trade it for the world. It had a lot of this. It had a lot of this, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. In his book, Champagne for the Soul, Mike Mason describes joy as a deep-seated sense of well-being. He writes, joy can be like the sun shining in all its brightness, even when there are dark clouds in the sky. Now, 30 years would go by, and after that day in Bethlehem, and Jesus would invite other people to exchange their story and live into his. The invitation would be, come and follow me. Trust that my story is good for you. Trust in my character. Trust in my promises. Trust in my perspective. There are things that you cannot see yet that I want to show you, that I want to take you on a journey with me and it'll have the ups and downs and it'll have that distance and that tension come with me trust me know that I am good Jesus would eventually um, pray this prayer in Gethsemane and his response sounds so much like his mother's when he says God if there's another way when he can forecast his own death his own crucifixion his own beating and he knows where he's going on behalf of all of us And he goes, God, if this is what I would rather do, would you take the cup from me so that this would look more like this? But he says this prayer to God at that time, and he says, God, help me to come this way. Take this cup from me. I'd rather rather not get beaten, hung on the cross. But if this is the way your story is taking me, I'll go. I'll come with you. 700 years before Jesus walked the earth, Isaiah would prophesy about him this. Thus the Lord has, thus, I'm sorry, those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. The ones that God called, the ones who felt that sense of being afraid and stepped into it anyway, who followed Mary's lead, who followed Jesus' lead, come follow me. It says that joy will overtake them. Uncontainable joy. Joy that doesn't see the circumstance but goes beyond the circumstance. That can live in the tension of here to here and just say, I'm coming your way. I'll go your way. Mary's surrender would lead her to embody the Savior of the world. And I want to ask you just this question as I finish today. 
Could you do that? Could you respond in the way Mary responds to say, Lord, whatever it is you have for my life, I will surrender my plans for your plans. I will hold mine so loosely that no matter what your plans unfold, no matter in the ups and downs, no matter in that distance, I will follow you. And I will do so with the joy and the assurance of knowing that I am cared for. I will put my trust in your character. I will put my trust in your promises. And I will put my trust in your perspective over my own. And may the Savior be embodied within me. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Please pray with me. God, our stories don't always look like we intended them to. They have parts in them that were hard, that are hard. There are parts when those two stories get so close together where we find this happiness of, man, everything is going exactly like I hoped. And then there are these spaces where it's hard, where there's tension. Help us to put our trust in you, to hold on to who you are, to believe it with all our heart and all of our bones, to be able to count on the one who has given us promises, who's loved us so, so well. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We are PCC.